Welcome to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I'm Don. And I'm Dustin. We're coming to you from Lubbock, Texas. And London, England. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome everyone to episode eight of D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I am Don, live in London, England, sitting here enjoying what the Brits call lemonade, Jim Beam and 7-Up, one of my go-to drinks, although of course they don't have much 7-Up here, so I use Sprite, which is passable. There is a difference, but you know, I won't get too hung up on it. Dustin, what are you drinking today? A blue raspberry prime hydration drink. Yeah. Hydration it's drink? interesting. Yeah. You know, once you hit forty, I mean, you gotta you gotta stay oh, hydrated. Yeah. You, gotta, you know, yeah, it's, was, it's one of those. <laughs> I, I know the people can't see you, but I'm telling you, man, you look older. You look older. A day, I look a day over forty. Well, yeah, you do. And uh, what well, well played, sir. As this is the nineteenth of September, which is the day after your fortieth birthday. I understand you had yourself a little uh, shindiggery this weekend, yeah. Yes, there was a surprise party, and it was a complete surprise. So it it went well. Good. Uh, quite a few people, so it was good. It was a good time. Good, good. If any of our listeners made the party or were involved, I know some of them were involved with the party. So I, I do know that it was going on, though I didn't get an invite. I don't know why. Like, I think I wouldn't make the drive. But well, that's a tough drive. <laughs> and the channel, baby. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Most people, most people don't know about it, but it's a, it's there. No, it's not there. But uh, anyway, so yeah, and you know, back after a, a week of vacation, where Dustin does Disney as dad, D four trip to trip to Disney. Give us, uh, give us the skinny on the uh, on the Disney there, sir. Well, the whatever you want to share. Good. Yeah, oh, okay. no, it, it was Florida's hot. I'll tell you that. Um, the humidity kind of can definitely get to you but it was fun the kids were good um for the most part you know every family vacation has to have its moments but um yeah <laughs> like 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 birds flying into the engine of your airplane for instance yeah no that that first day was definitely one for the record books um you don't <laughs> stay in, in your your own airport for eight hours when you could go home and, and relax for a little bit uh is is tough they told us like every, in increments of every two hours, oh, we'll get it this time, we'll get it this time. And then they had to fly in a maintenance guy from Dallas. And then they had to fly in um, <laughs> pilots because ours timed out. And it just, a whole whole day's worth of fun. So Fantastic. But, and we're back. So uh, so if you had to say one highlight of the trip or one great, great magical, magic kingdom moment, what, what do you got for that? What do you got for us? Um, Probably... Just the kids being happy. Um, uh-huh. to, to be honest, I know that's probably cliche, but it's fun to see the kids their their eyes light up and smile yeah. and laugh and have fun with it. So um, each kid had their own favorite ride and had to to ride that multiple times. But that's just part of it. It makes it all worth it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then and then you get the bill and you're like, yeah, it's probably worth it. <laughs> kids, you're lucky. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh, they don't even know. They have no idea no. how lucky how lucky they are. Someday you know, we we bought one. Uh, we went to some store and bought a few things, and and it came out to like sixty bucks. And uh, Hunter, my son, said, 
wow, that was a lot of money in there. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> that was just one stop we made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, my kids are just getting old enough to realize how expensive everything is. And they've had a couple of those moments where they're like, how did you guys pay for all this? And I'm like, pay? You mean the monthly payments I'm still making? But no, right. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's pretty wild, but uh no, we, we, we had our, we never went to Disney World because we were in California when our kids were real little. Did Disneyland, had some great moments there. But I was going to say this. I know your, your youngest is like three. She's three, right? Savannah's three? Correct. Yeah, so our kids were a little younger the first time we went. And the first time we went, in, uh, it was uh, summer of 99. And uh, when they saw the characters, they were just petrified, just petrified of the characters walking around just cry we have some pictures somewhere of just screaming kids on winnie the pooh's lap that are pretty hysterical so priceless man yeah priceless that's what it's all about that's right that's, that's right. what it's all about well good to have you back uh my son sam uh filled in last week for those of you who didn't uh haven't listened to episode seven <clears throat> faster and furiouser and that was the title because sam is a was our resident Formula One expert of the day, and we'll, we'll start off our opening shots, you know, get the day going with a good shot, because there's no better way to start a day than with a good shot of your favorite whatever. Of course, I'm, you know, again, for the record, it's five o'clock. That's why I'm drinking, you know, lemonade, you know, although I, I guess where you are, Dustin, if you were drinking alcohol, other than the fact that, of course, you've gone off the sauce, and it would be mildly scandalous for you to start uh, just pick up a beer or something, but, you know, it would go with the theme of the show. That's true. And, and Disney got me pretty close, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> no. but End yeah, of the night, I mean, Dad, walk in, empty pockets. <laughs> Hit me up. That's right. That's right. Getting rained on, drinking hand, all that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I would have been a sight. To, if, you ever, if you did it, I wish you'd gotten on video. That would have been the only thing I could say. But, but what I was going to circle back with is my son proves to be the kiss of death for Formula One. As he made the prediction, Max Verstappen's going to win out, and here you go. This weekend, Red Bull somehow does something to their car and manages to start 11th and 13th on the uh, on a on a street course, and couldn't get it done. Yeah, couldn't I saw that. I saw that. Did you see any of the race or no? No, I didn't. Um, but I mean, I assume just like probably the rest of the world that Verstappen would went out as well. I mean, the way he'd been racing for sure. Yeah. And I don't know well, a whole lot, but I know that he's, he's been, <laughs> been doing very well. Yeah. 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 10 in a row. Red Bull hadn't lost a, I mean, they'd won every single race uh, this year, but it, it actually, for those of you who don't ever watch any formula one, if you have an opportunity, if you're really interested to go back and watch that race, if you have a, a means of doing so, and I don't know if there is, it was actually a very interesting race from a tactical perspective. And I think you get a lot of visibility into what all goes into racing um, through, through that race. Because obviously one of the big things, and I, I don't know, a lot of people probably don't know this, but F Formula One regulates your tires and how many tires you can use for, for the entire weekend from the time you start qualifying up through the whole race. <clears throat> so teams have to really manage their tires correctly. And one of the strategies that Red Bull took with Verstappen 11th and uh, Sergio Perez, his, uh, his teammate 13th, was they started on hard tires while the rest of the field started on medium tires, hoping that they could get far enough into the race that when a pit stop occurred, 
they would only have to pit once and they could they could take advantage of the timing of the pit stop, switch to the medium tires and get themselves back up near the top. And it actually worked out exactly backwards for them. And they actually ended up just by the way the race happened. They got really unlucky in that and were not able to take advantage of that. For Verstappen still ended. I think he was fifth. He was almost fourth by the end because once he did get fresh tires on, he went from 14th to fourth or fifth, you know, within the last 10 laps or so. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, but, it, but really tactical race, really interesting. For those who are interested, I would hear you. But, but uh, let me just say, Sam, uh, you know, love you, bud, but not sure, not sure on this one. You, uh, you, you sealed your buddy's, your buddy Max's doom. Millwall. Yeah, I, I don't even know if we want to get into that one. Yeah, terrible. That's a tough one. Yeah, yep. terrible. Three nothing. They lost at home to Leeds. And actually, I did. You know, over here, I, I they don't actually show a whole lot of uh, football unless you pay for the subscriptions for everything. And I I currently do not. But I was able to actually see the Millwall game uh, on ESPN, or at least part of it. I'll tell you what, it was, it was actually, Formula One was so interesting. It started at halftime, and I never went back to the football game. That's how interesting the race was. We'll put it that way. But Millwall, actually, they played all right uh, for the first half. And they gave up two late goals, but, yeah, I don't know. They're just they're struggling. And they got good players this year, but I don't they know. They do, but it just doesn't look like they can put it together. Um, no. The way, the way they're playing or whatever their strategy is and uh, just, just isn't gelling right right now. Um, and we'll we'll have to see if it does eventually, but they got another match tomorrow. Um, we'll see how that goes, but it's against a, another bottom-tier team, so <laughs> we, we kind of need to pull that one out for sure. Need to win. Need to win. Speaking of soccer, we'll stay in the soccer realm. Congratulations to you, sir, for taking over first place in our uh, Fantasy Premier League. Thank you. You know, all the research and, and everything that I've done with it uh, has proven fruitful. And by that, I mean, I just hope my guys are playing this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that uh, happened to me. One of my yeah. guys got benched. Actually, and I was going to save him for later because he's one of the good D4 names, Purvis Estupinion, which is, I think, a very fine name. But That's apparently... for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think he played like two or three matches in the international matches uh, for Argentina. I think it's Argentina, maybe Brazil. And then, so he was tired, and they they rested him. But they didn't. Well, of, well, of course. I suppose if I were really paying enough attention, I would have checked two hours before the game when the lineups are announced. But Well, they just didn't take into consideration your um, fantasy soccer team. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. However, and again, this was something I was going to bring up later, but not necessarily fantasy, but did you see the end of the Rams game? Yeah, that's an interesting one, huh? <laughs> Indeed. You want to you want to narrate this? No, I'll let you I'll let you go with <clears throat> this one. Um especially for all those people that enjoy doing parlays or picking um, games based off of uh, point differential for sure. But go ahead and, and run with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 30 to 20. The Niners are beating the Rams. And I have to say the Rams played a pretty good game. But, you know, up against the Niners, they ultimately were outmatched. 30 to 20, the, the, the Niners are winning the game. 
There's about a minute left. The Rams get the ball. They have no timeouts. They're still playing. You know, Stafford's out there slinging it around. They drive down the field. They come down. They get a first down at about the, I don't know, 15, 20-yard line of, of, in San Francisco territory. Spikes the ball to stop the clock, which, all right, whatever. You know, you play 60 minutes, right? I mean, if any team ever learned, you got to play all 60 minutes. It's the New England Patriots. And the year that they almost went undefeated, and that was what Belichick kept preaching. And then, sure enough, they had it all but the last two minutes of the, of the season. Anyway, I'm distracted by the Patriots' heartbreak. But So the Rams come down, spike the ball, four seconds left, down 10, and they run out their kicker. And they run out their kicker. Now, my first thought was, I, I, I looked at the clock, and I'm thinking, well, maybe there's a minute and a half left, because if you're down 10... You know, that one strategy, you got, you got to score twice. So one strategy is, okay, kick the early field goal, try to get the onside kick, and then if you get it, you know, then you go for the Hail Mary or whatever. But I look right. down, there's four, four seconds left. It trots the kicker out, kicks the field goal, makes the field goal, game ends. They lose 30 to 23. The points Which spread. is by how much? Seven points. Right, right, right. That point spread being... Well, it depends on what sports book you're in, but it was either seven or seven and a half, which means the Niners had to win had to win by eight to cover. Right. And they didn't. I, I mean, we talked on Moneyball, we, and we talked on fantasy sports. Professional athletes and anybody connected to f- football absolutely cannot bet on sports in the season, but certainly not on football. And I mean... You don't think, you don't think that this was done for that reason, do you? Oh, I'm sure Stafford was like, "Hey, coach, coach, <laughs> I need the kicker to get on the field." No, come on, I, Matt. Matt. No, was- I know, I know, but still, that you want to talk about a bad beat, bad bet, any whatever you want to call it. That that was. Ooh, that's that's tough. That's do you tough, think? Especially, do you think? Do you think McVeigh knew the spread? Yes. I think he knew the spread. Do I think it played a part? Not really, but it's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about. But he kicked but, a field goal on second down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so do you, do you think coaches sometimes play to the to to the the betters? <laughs> I I you know, I I got to say no, but I mean, this is the most egregious example that I can think of 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 I mean, it's hard to explain otherwise, right? I mean, okay, you want to play to the end of the game. Well, you want to get as many points as you can. They were definitely in range to take a shot to the end zone. So, I mean, the field goal does, I mean, unless you're just like padding your kicker stats or maybe he's got an incentive in his contract that if he makes 30 field goals in a season, I mean, I would love to, I don't know that, but I mean, other than that, I just don't, I don't see anything other than, that's a either, you know, shaft the betters or be a hero for the betters, right? One of the, I mean, you know, I don't, and I, you know, I, I don't think he obviously would have, would be foolish enough to have skin in the game. But I mean, if he knows somebody who does, I mean, gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. But it's also fantastic. One. It's fantastic. And yeah, I, yeah. I guarantee you in pure D4 fashion, if Sean McVay walked into a bar in L.A., he probably would both have a round of drinks bought for him and have a drink thrown in his face in the same night. Oh, easily. <laughs> easily. 
easily. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. I, I don't. I, I've. Ne- I cannot think of another instance where it was just so clear that, or at least, I mean, I, again, I can't say so clear because that's presuming motive, and you can't presume the motive. But just a strange, strange play that I can't say that I've ever seen before, that impacted directly impacted the betting line on the game. Could you imagine being at a bar in San Francisco? Oh no! And and just seeing the kicker run out onto the field and everybody just whoa, whoa, going, whoa, 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 whoa. what, what, what whoa, are we doing no, here? No, <laughs> no I, I, I really can't. And I mean, so, I know you, you're not you're not a social media guy, but some of the videos on social media were fantastic. Of people like, what is what is this? Doing exactly what you're saying, filming it and being like, what is going on here? And just outraged because, yeah. Well, you were telling I'm me sure. that you you. You were hanging out with a friend who made a, a, a series of parlay bets, and it was like six games or something. I don't know how close he got, but people—I mean, people bet. People bet on oh, these things. Absolutely, and yeah. especially with parlays. I mean, you're you're taking several different games, putting them all together, hoping for you know the perfect outcome. And right. say he wins five <laughs> of those, and that's his God. last one. You know, you put down a certain amount to win a, a, a good handful, and that's the one that takes you under. Uh, it makes you sick to your stomach. That would that would hurt. That would hurt. All right, let's wrap up. One more opening shot. We talked about Fantasy Premier League. Let's talk about our Fantasy League. Last week, we split four to four. This week, we thought we were, we were talking back and forth, and it looked like we were going to be 3-3 coming to the end. Dustin's like, hey, you want to do a Monday night game? Try to break the tie. Sure. And then we Let's tied. break the tie. And then we tied in Pick'em. Thank you, Steelers. Thank you for that one. That was the one that, that got us tied there. And so we ended up 4-4-1. Four, four <laughs> so we still tied, <laughs> even with nine games. So we are currently 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, dead even through two weeks. Uh, we will keep you up to date. I did have a, a, a man, oh, Anthony Richardson killed me because I had a, I had an early game and it was actually, um, yeah, it was, it was an early only game and I, he got two early touchdowns. I, I had a good team going and then he gets, he got a concussion, which is terrible for him. He goes out of the game. I ended up in the game of like 10,000. I ended up 450th, I think. So I, I won, I won, you know, again, 25 bucks over a couple of different games, but had he stayed in and given me a, another touchdown or two, I, I that could have been a big payday for me. Oh, absolutely. I don't think I Richardson, I had a fairly, fairly. I don't think he did Monday it to, to hurt me, but yeah, go ahead. No, no, he didn't. But <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be good going into Monday night, and I had uh, Jamal Williams and Nick Chubb, and mm. <laughs> both guys go out in the first half. So that oh, did, well, did Williams get hurt team. too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that injury. Obviously, I saw Chubb. That was. That was a, a big one, but that was I didn't. A tough uh, one, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw just a bit of that game on replay this morning, and I saw that Williams Williams wasn't being all that effective anyway. So I thought maybe they just went with a different option, but I didn't see well, he got hurt. So their run game isn't that effective, except for no. Taysom Hill. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> Why does anyone think that Taysom Hill is going to throw the ball? Now I know he did throw one pass in the game, although I didn't see for, it for eight yards. Yeah, eight yards. But why does anyone think that Taysom Hill is going to throw the ball? Oh, I have no idea. Just, it's the Wildcat all over again with him. Yeah. I bring, bring our backup tight end in to play quarterback because why not? So That's right. Good old Taysom Hill. But, hey, the Saints got the win. 
two and zero, oh, three, and we'll, we'll get to the NFL here in just a minute. So I don't want to spoil the thunder, but that's three NFC South teams, two and zero, oh, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa. Whew. Who'd have thought? That's right. Who'd have thought? Tough, tough division. Tough division. <laughs> Very tough. Just yeah. like we called it. Just like we called it. Yeah, you can go back and listen to our preseason preview. We nailed this one. We were all over it. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, those are your opening shots. This week, one of our big features, we're going to focus on NFL, as we typically do, our weeks one and two roundup. But but before we do that, I, I, I was remiss. I left out an opening shot, and that was... Shohei Otani cleaned out his locker on the 14th of September. And two days later, we're told, shut down for the season. He'll be back, mm. right? He's going he's <laughs> to be an angel next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone of Anaheim is hoping so. Uh, but w- w- give me the odds. I'm not a betting man, but what are the odds? What, what odds would you lay on that? Seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Go Rams. No, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know on that. I mean, I would, you know, if I'm Mike Trout, I'd, I'd try to get some of Otani's stuff, put it back in the locker to make it look like somebody's there, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the Angels really have no shot. Um, you know, they haven't really built much around him or Trout, to be honest. No. And I just don't see it playing out that well for him and and Otani is going to get paid. I mean, somebody is going to put it out there for him and it's going to be hard for him to say no. Even even with the injuries he's had, he can obviously still do something, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He doesn't have to pitch. He can go be a DH, he can go do something and get paid either way. Well, see, this was something I was thinking about is how old is Otani? Was he 27, 28? I don't know. Something like I'm not sure how old he is. He's got to be late twenties, right? <clears throat> so he's in line for that that big payday. But I was I have been thinking to myself. I wonder how long he can actually do both pitching and hitting, right? I mean, obviously he's still very successful at both. Had great years at both this year, so he can do it now. And I, and I just wonder because I, and and I think the logical outcome of his career is say he pitches three, four, maybe five more years, and then finishes his career as a DH, most likely, right? Or maybe they put him in the field somewhere. But, <clears throat> but now, with a 12- to 18-month rehab, and, of course, the question of whether or not he is he going to come back from the Tommy John surgery. You know, most guys do anymore, but not, it's not always a given. So I wonder, is he, is he going to be signed as a pitcher-hitter? Is he going to be signed as both... I mean, I think, I think everybody would agree that his value is probably significantly diminished. Um, by that, maybe $50 million. Maybe he gets $450 million instead of $500 million. But he's going to get a huge deal. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I think it's the value. Absolutely. I think, you know, one or the other or both, I mean, he's at the, the top of the game in all aspects. And so yeah. you bring him in as a, as a hitter, he's one of the best hitters in the league. You bring yeah. him in as a, as a pitcher, I mean, he he's really good at that too. So, But, I mean, the injury definitely plays a part in that. So you've got to think that, hey, you know, at least we've got a bat coming in. And 
Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be a part of it. Now, does he get the full? If they're coming in as a, a DH, does it give the full amount that he could possibly get? I don't know. I think another thing that plays into it is what does he want to do? Does he want to continue to pitch and and cause potential injury to the arm, or does he mm-hmm. just want to get paid and then go bat every day? Yeah. So. It, it really depends on what he wants to do as well. But I would think being a competitor and, and somebody as good as he is at what he does, that he's going to want to do both. So sure. um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes, see which teams really put out the feelers for him and how much people are yeah. willing to pay for a talent like him. And I, I just checked he's 29. There you go. So I don't know. I, I don't, it'll be interesting. Now, you, you had a You had a baseball nugget as well, yep. That's right. Uh, I'm going to go to my Cardinals. Not not able to talk much about them this year as their uh, bottom feeder team. Um, that's okay, though. But uh, Adam Wainwright winning number 200 this year, uh, this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So um, not a great season for him either, being 41. Um, they signed him to a $17.5 million deal um, to basically, in my opinion, just win 200. Yeah, um, he only and needed get fans f- in the seats. Right. And with Pujols gone and Molina gone, he only needed five wins to get to 200. And he just uh, got it. Um, we're in <laughs> mid-September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, means, which means the uh, the the availability to get to 200 was uh, thinning down greatly. Um, and now, his I, record th- I, I, this year I, is 5-11. and 11. I, I, Okay, so he has pitched all season. I was going to say, was he was he injured or did he miss some time or five and eleven? So they, they may shut rolling. him down like Otani and see, yeah. uh, see well, what yeah. happens. <laughs> they just kept rolling him out there and be like, "Oh, come on, Adam, come yeah, on, just, man, get yeah, one." Yeah. Following day, just go get one. <laughs> yeah, just go get. <laughs> he pitched go get each one. of the last ten games of the season. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, you could have had this in June and we would have shut you down, but now you... <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you no if he did support. that, had he done that, he'd have been he'd have bested Rube Waddle and he'd have been automatically in the D4 Hall of Fame, Sports Hall of Fame. Well, that's that's possible, yeah. <laughs> Pitching the last 10 games of the season. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just, we just need one, man. Well, it would be funny, too, if like they come in and you know the starter goes six and... They're behind, and they come out, and they take the lead, so they put him in so he can get the win or something. They put him in for one inning of relief to get a win. That would be funny. but That would. Not really in the spirit of things for Adam Wainwright, but anyway. But he'd take it. Well, congratulations. <laughs> he might. He probably would. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, you know, in the way baseball's going, I, I don't – it's hard to imagine how many people are going to have 200 wins anymore. I mean, right. guys are only starting 30 games a season. Um, even if you figure you get 25 decisions, most guys don't go 20 and five and you have to do that for a decade. Um, right. I don't know. It's definitely, definitely a hard, um, task. Yeah. In today's game, it's, it's not, uh, not easy. Well, you, you weren't here for uh, week one roundup, but uh, I did my best to cover it uh, last week on the pod. But um, here we are now through week two. Uh, give me your uh, opening thoughts on the NFL through week two, Dustin. Big ideas, big thoughts, big themes. What are you seeing? It's, uh, I guess, 
I mean, it's been a good season so far. You've, you've got some, some teams that are, are standing out and some that are not. Uh, I think one thing that um, is interesting that I've seen, uh, there's quite a few 2-0 and teams, which, I mean, at the beginning of the year, you're going to get quite a few of those. But I, uh, I saw a stat that it had the last time a team went 2-0. and Like, of every okay. team in the NFL, the last time they went 2-0. and Okay. Second to last... The Colts, mm-hmm. they last went two and zero in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Can you guess who the bottom team is? The last team to go two and zero in a season. Can you guess that you know, team? I, I think I saw this. Um, that's not the Bears. I don't think that, the Bears is a it's, good is a good guess, but it's not the Bears. It's not because the they Bears. made the playoffs a few years back. Uh, last team to go two and zero. I can't remember. I, I I'll go um, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Cleveland. Last oh. last time Cleveland went two and zero was nineteen ninety three. Oh, <laughs> that, that's right. That's that's what it was. It was like Belichick was on the, was on the coaching staff or something like that when the when the Browns went two and zero. Yes, I mean that's that's bad. That's sixteen that's years, but. Between them and yeah. the second to last. That's 30 years. Right. That's 30 crazy. years they have never gone in that time span 2-0. and <laughs> I mean, just win the first two games and you're in that tier, right? No, they, they can't. They've And last night, yeah, they, mean, didn't, they didn't do it either. Would have been the availability for it and uh, yeah. it, it didn't oh. happen. So well, I guess, I guess you, you would never label them a fast starter then. No, no, they uh, they're a team that has to come from behind if they're going to do anything, I guess. But they they match that with tremendous closing speed. That's right. That's right. Um, another yeah, that's stat. Rough. Okay. Another stat here. So the Bears yeah. have not won a game in 330 days. Ooh. <laughs> Their okay. last win was October 24th of last year against the Patriots. Oh, okay, you had to do that. I just happened to be the team, but yeah, the uh, the next team was in three hundred and ten days. Happens to be my Cardinals. Mm. They last won November thirteenth, and man, I thought they had it against the Giants this week, being up twenty to nothing. And yeah. and Justin, in true tanking this year fashion, <laughs> we we let the Giants start one and one. Um, who oh, so, looked stellar against the Cowboys um, in yeah. week one. So, I, think, <laughs> I missed this last week on the pod, but somebody had the quote, Dallas is up 40, love. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a great, great quote because, man, the Giants <laughs> yeah. looked like a, a peewee team well, out there. They didn't score for six quarters, outscored 60 to nothing, which, I mean, it's hard to find many teams that have been outscored 60 to nothing in six quarters at, at any point in their season. So, okay, you really – you don't think the Cardinals actually, like, tanked, do you? No, I don't. I mean, I yeah, think they're okay. trying. All right. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, or I hope so, anyway. Um, but it just – man, they kind of – that second half was really rough for them. Yeah, it uh, was. Yeah, that was – But – That was tough. Yeah, and the Giants – 
I don't know. Maybe this will invigorate them and they'll turn into the team that everybody or most people thought they could be. I still see five and twelve in their future. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I know. think another big storyline for me, um, which I've enjoyed seeing, is uh, Puka for the hmm. the Rams. I mean, Puka one, Cup. <laughs> one great name. Two. Yeah. I think he's already got a, a thousand catches for the season. Uh, through two weeks. Um, well, you have 15. No, but 20, 25 yeah. for the first two games is uh, five or six more than has ever been done yeah, through two. Yeah, no, I, 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 I saw that stat box when it came up, and it was like 20 was the record, and then he got another five. Right, which is – that's a lot of catches. Yeah. I mean – Stafford has his one guy, I guess, that he goes to, and it's a repeated thing. Last year was Cup, and I mean, let's face it, Cup comes back, he's probably getting the ball. But well, yeah, have, I mean, it, yeah, it begs the question of what what, what will they do with Pukanakua if uh, when if and when Cup comes back, right? Right. I mean, it's great to see the, you know, that twenty five catches in in two weeks. But I mean, let's be real, Cooper Cup is one of the best receivers in the league, and he'll he'll see the ball. A lot more, but at least they have some guys that they can get it to because I, I feel yeah. like the Rams could be one of those feel good stories of the year mm-hmm. because of, of how decimated they are. And now they're looking to trade Cam Akers. And, um, well, that, that was wild. I mean, he didn't have a great game in week one, but it wasn't terrible. Now, Kyron Williams came in and had a good solid backup, and then they healthy scratch him this week. Right. And I got, I mean, I kind of feel for Cam, and I, I don't know the guy. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how hard he works, I don't know. But it's clear that McVay doesn't like him because he did this to him last year, too. He, he benched him, and then he comes in at the end of the year, and he was the only offense they had at the end of the year. And right. I think generally, Akers has played pretty well in his short career. I, I, I don't see – now, if he were Najee Harris, I don't, know why the, I, I don't know why Najee Harris is getting the ball. And I got a feeling he's not getting it much more this year. But, right. you know, I mean, if Cam Akers were, were putting out – you know, 1.8 yards a carry or whatever, um, you know, uh, we're just – maybe he can't pass block. I, I don't know what it is, but but it's clear that McVay doesn't like him, and I, he seems like a guy who's kind of gotten the short end of the stick there. I, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he's maybe he's not a nice guy or whatever. Maybe he's not a good teammate. Who knows? Who knows? Right, right. But, no, it's 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 been it's been a good, good two weeks of football, and uh, I've – I've enjoyed it. So, well, what have you seen over the past two weeks? I know you spoke last week on on what you saw from week one and um, how everything looked. But but what, now that we've gone one week further, what uh, what has kind of panned out a little bit more for you? Yeah, well, it was good to see the offenses wake up this week, right? Because week one was pretty much dominated by the defenses. Although I would still say, and I think this is not really a surprise to anybody who's probably paid attention to the NFL, but how much of a priority has been put on the edge rusher and pass rushers. And, I mean, there's so many teams with good pass rush this year. Um, and it just looks like the offensive linemen are overmatched, by and large, uh, for the most part. I, I would say the two teams that I have seen that would uh, maybe not fit that mold, one – the 49ers, Brock Purdy standing back there for a long time. And frankly, last night, even though the Steelers got home several times, uh, that Cleveland offensive line is good. Deshaun Watson has 
a lot of time to throw the ball, and he's taken way too long and and given it away. Uh, yeah, I was we'll say, get to him Pittsburgh in a minute. had like six or seven sacks. I mean, it, it they was... did, but but it wasn't because he was getting you know blown away. I, I, uh, there was one game. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. Now there was one one poor quarterback that literally was like on his back when he received the ball a couple of times in the game. He was it was it wasn't even close. You know, and and there there are some teams with some porous offensive lines, but I, I think in general, I I think pass rush continues to just really be impressive across the league. Um, but I but I, I yeah I mean it was it was it was very interesting I think you know to some of the games I, I think you know I, again Patriots fans so tough loss they had a shot again but couldn't make it happen but uh, I'll tell you what Miami's offensive scheme is very interesting uh, watching them the sprint motions that they do are very different than almost any other team runs. Um, they're doing it a lot with Tyreek Hill. They'll bring him in, you know, kind of as an H-back. They'll set him up right there, and then they sprint him out to the right, or, you know, most of us to the right. They sprint him out in motion to start the play, um, you know, which is, again, a motion that don't see very much. But um, I'll tell you, I mean, if Mostert stays healthy and if, they, if the Dolphins can keep running the ball, they're going to be a problem. Yeah. Because, and, and Mostert had a had a great yeah. game, but then you've also he did, got yeah. uh, Izukama um, for them that he is a receiver, but they're also using him mm-hmm. in the backfield. Um, yeah, I guess a la Debo Samuel, not quite as good, but he's mm-hmm. they're they're kind of Swiss Army knifing him. Um, yeah. and I mean I gotta like the guy; he's a Red Raider, so wreck him. Uh, there you go. But but to kind of be able to put somebody anywhere on the field is is a, a quality that you want in a player and yeah you've got Mostert you've got um even a chain who's going to be uh, I believe mm-hmm. a good running back mm-hmm. for them it looks you've got pretty good kill who is I mean the fastest receiver out there and Waddle who's not far behind so you double team one you're you got one-on-one coverage yeah. with another one I mean, to have have somebody like Ezukama to be able to to kind of fill in those gaps is going to be they're going to be formidable if yeah. if Tua can stay healthy, um, yep. and if they are able to, to to play some defense. Now I know they have, yeah. but they're still um, yeah. be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and and I, I uh, you know to you know we talked early in the season. I'm, I'm Tua has not been my guy, but I will say Tua looks good. I have to mm-hmm. say it, and he's man. He gets the ball out fast, and uh, that's going to be that's important. And I, I saw an interesting video, and and we'll get to the Bears, who were my sleeper team, and I, I wish I had never put that on tape at this point. But they saw a very interesting breakdown of Justin Fields and how slow he is in his in backpedaling and getting in his drops. Um, and and you look and you compare that to how fast Tua is in his drop back. And it's, uh, it's really, it is impressive. I have to say, I, I'm, I'm genuinely still surprised anybody went with the left-handed quarterback and the way the NFL has gone. Um, and you know, still, I, you know, I, uh, frankly, he threw that interception to Tyreek. And I, as soon as the ball came out of his hands, I'm like, that's a terrible pass. And nobody really talked about how bad a pass that was, but I do want to give props to Christian Gonzalez for the Patriots who pretty much was man on man with Tyreek for that game, and when Tyreek was against him, he had three catches for 35 yards. He did get a, he did get his touchdown against him, so there you go. But right for a rookie I mean, for to a go rookie, against Tyreek, uh, he's going to be 
he he yeah. could potentially be a great great defensive player in the league. Yeah, yeah, he's starting so. off really really good, so that's nice for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I got to ask you: you're in Texas, the stars, star on the helmet. God can still see him through the stadium, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they sure, keep it open not. for sure. Uh, but it, how about them? Se- how about them Cowboys? Seventy and ten. That's the the score of the first two yeah. weeks for them. Um, putting up seventy is quite a quite a bit. Um, yeah. I don't know how stellar Dak looks. Um, it may take a, a couple more weeks. Ceedee Lamb mm-hmm. is just a great receiver. Uh, Tony Pollard, and they're definitely gonna... targeting him more. They're targeting oh, him more this year. I think. Absolutely, yeah. Tolbert's yeah. going to get some catches this year, which is going to be good for them. Um, Tony Pollard's going to be good. Uh, I, I think Deuce Vaughn could end up being—I um, I don't want to say a squirrely guy, but once he gets the ball, it's hard to see him. He's so tiny, um, <laughs> yeah, but, he's, he's, but yeah. he's quick too. He's so yeah. fast. He um, but their defense, goodness. Um, yeah. I, and I know they went against the Giants and the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. I, I yeah. get that, but what they the the amount of pressure they've been able to put on teams over the past two weeks is yeah. is kind of mm-hmm. scary. Um, and yep. <laughs> and they play the Cardinals next week, so Ooh. they're they're already a twelve point favorite. Um, yeah, so that's... that's that's a lot of points in the league. Um, so their their defense could definitely show out again next week. I want to see a field goal to cut it to eleven on the last play. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I mean the Cowboys. I mean, we talk about the Lions got a lion, and they kind of did this week against the Seahawks. But the Cowboys, man, I mean, they're regular season. They've been fantastic, you know. But playoffs, they since the night what at ninety six. 98 it's been a long time since they won a playoff game and so it's just it's just really hard to get on the Cowboys bandwagon even if they look good and they do definitely look like one of the most solid teams right now I have to say you know solid offense haven't been spectacular on offense but I've been solid on offense but yeah their defense their defense has been menacing menacing to this point Nick, I, I, I will point out a, a fact uh, about the Dallas Cowboys. They actually did win a playoff okay. game, the wild card oh. game, last mm. year against, uh, I believe his name, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom Brady for sure the Buccaneers. Sh- Shader Sanders? Isn't he Tom Brady? Didn't he channel his inner Tom Brady this weekend? Possibly, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> Dallas won, uh, beat them this That's past right. year. So, you are right. You're so right. My bad. It, it may still feel like a while that they've won a playoff game, but they did pull one out this past year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that. So, uh, uh, yeah, okay. So, all right. So we're two weeks in. Biggest surprises. Biggest surprises. Uh, I think um, I'm going to go with the Rams as a surprise. Um, okay. They they've played well, thinking how. I thought they were going to be really, really bad this year. Um, Nobody had any expectations for them. No, none. And so they're just, you know, playing with house money, right? They yeah. they can just go out there and kind of have fun. Um, an, another one for me right now is the amount of yards that Justin Jefferson has and mm-hmm. zero touchdowns. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he's oh, catching yeah. the ball a lot. Yeah. He's yeah. he's uh, He's got a lot of yards, but he hasn't seen the – 
the end zone yet. Um, so, and, and the Vikings look pretty good offensively. Uh, they got some good talent. Um, but I would say I would say those two are pretty big for me. But I'd also go with like you stated. You got the Saints, the Falcons, and the um, the Bucks starting off two and zero. That's mm-hmm. Baker. that's big, and how and how <laughs> how Baker has played, and they still have you know playing angry Mike Evans. He right. felt dangerous. Yeah. He felt dangerous. That's right, of course. <laughs> so, but but Mike Evans and Godwin are are, are playing well. So, yeah, I definitely have to you know kind of say you know this is you know kind of I got this noted to talk about later. You know our our beginning of the year predictions, and one of them I had you know kind of both you know let's give it up for the old guys. Both Evans and Allen are both actually having really strong starts to the season. But yeah, Baker, man, I don't know. Baker, not only have they won the games, but Baker's actually played well. You know, and, you know, I mean, it'd be curious. I mean, you know, he got drafted by Cleveland. Cleveland hasn't managed to put a good quarterback on the field in forever. And you wonder if it was the coaching and the system and the culture and whatever it was that, because you can't just, you can't deny that, that he had, everybody thought he had the tools to make it in the NFL. I, right. I, I mean, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's got the right coach. Maybe it's going to break through. Maybe, yeah, maybe this is a year. I mean, he's got good offensive players around him, so yeah. there is that, um, which helps. Uh, defense also helps. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, Baker's Baker has played well so far this year. Yeah, and speaking of good offenses, uh, players around him, David or Derek Carr, pardon me, uh, Derek Carr has walked into a pretty solid situation in New Orleans, and when Kamara gets back, I mean, they they – they could be. They look solid. Their defenses look pretty good, and uh, you know, and, and holding up. But uh, yeah. if Mike, if Michael Thomas can stay on the field, I mean, he's played ten games in the past three years. But if he can stay on the field, and then you have Olave, and you yep. have Johnson as your tight end, and you've got and Rashid, some of these Shaheen. other guys, Rashid is a burner. Um, that guy's fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they potentially could do some damage as well, and their defense is is pretty good too. So. Yep. They'll they'll be interesting to watch, but I think that was my sleeper team, so I'm I'm still holding strong to right, to the good. Saints. Well, I I had you know two sleepers, one whom I've already mentioned, the Bears, and holy smokes, did the Bears look bad, and and really Justin Fields looks bad, and I mean he he didn't look good in Week One, but you know hey Week One you can't ever you know over conclude from Week One, but man he's he's rough he's. He's not playing quarterback well enough to keep a job in the NFL. And I, somebody posted, I think I sent it to you today, somebody posted a comparison through his first, whatever, 27 games with Mitch Trubisky. And Trubisky had much better stats than Justin Fields at this point, with the exception of running, of course. Uh, so, yeah, so the Bears, that's a train wreck that needs that, – that, they need to write that course quickly. I don't know how they're going to do it. But, but how? Yeah, how are yeah. they going to do that? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. And their defense has been worse than I anticipated, and maybe I overestimated the quality of their defense um, coming in. But, I mean, yeah, Fields doesn't look – he doesn't look good enough to stay on an NFL field as a quarterback at this point. So, I, I mean, maybe he will, but – you better figure it out soon. The, the, my other one, the Commanders. Commanders were solid. They, you know, they're uh, they're looking pretty good, two and zero. Oh, you know, and that's uh, been a while for them too, I think. But um, Sam Sweet Howell, I, Sam Howell is looking pretty solid. And I think as he, I mean, he's only played three games, so 
I think given that, you know, again, with the weapons that they've got and with the, you know, the strength of their front seven on defense, I, you know, the commanders might make some noise. And, and I'm, I'm not giving up on that one yet. The Steelers, thankfully, bailed me out last night. I wasn't sure it was going to happen, but the defense stepped up. I will say this much. When Kenny Pickett has some time to throw the ball, he can throw the ball. But last night, my goodness, he the, – and, you know, we mentioned the Browns already a little bit, but the Browns might have, if you compare – if you take in collection offensive line and defensive front, they might have the best combined offensive and defensive front in the game. Um, yeah, their but, defensive man, line is tough. Boy, the Steelers can't block anybody. And, I, I mean – and when he had some time, Pickett really did make some good throws. I think George Pickens showed why everybody thinks George Pickens might turn out to be a good receiver. They get Deontay Johnson back, get, get Najee Harris off the field. Although I was sitting there thinking to myself, as I was, and I watched that game on replay again, so it's just plowing through. And I was, you know, uh, Jalen Warren was making plays, and I, I, I literally said in my head, why would they ever give Najee Harris the ball again? And they turned around and give it to him, and that's when he broke off like a 25-yard run. I'm like, all right, whatever. Stop it. But – Typical. Uh, his job, his job is got to be in jeopardy because Jalen, well, it's it's Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard last year, right? right? Everybody, everybody saw that Pollard was playing better last year and was more explosive and everything. And that you just watch the game and you're like, put that number thirty back in, get that number twenty two off the field because he doesn't he doesn't go anywhere. But right. uh, yeah, so those were my sleepers early on, and I think. Not giving up hope on them yet. I think biggest surprise has got to be the Bengals and just how bad the Bengals look. Joe Burrow, now maybe it's his calf, and I guess he strained it or tweaked it again. We'll have to see what happens there. But uh, but how? With, but you can't be running for your life on every offensive snap. Well, that's true, too. And maybe their offensive line has just not performed. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mixon hasn't done anything. But how with an offense with Chase and Higgins and Boyd can you not? do better than, I mean, I think at one point he was like in this game, again, it was like five of 11 for 23 yards, which just ridiculously bad numbers. Like, you know, but, um, I mean, you can even yeah. get it out quick to your slot guy. Um, something. And, yeah. and, and they got some speed guys that just get the ball in the hands of the playmaker. And if you can't get it in the hands of the playmaker, right. it's going to be tough to make some plays. Like the Patriots running the bubble screen to Juju Smith Schuster. What the heck was that? I mean, I mean, Juju's not a bad receiver, but you, when you when you think of explosive receivers around the league, Dustin, how high does Juju Smith-Schuster rank on that list? I, I don't know if I would have even thought of him. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Right. So, right. Chiefs, hard-fought game against the Jags, but, boy, without Kelsey, I don't know. There's not much there. Thankfully, Kelsey's healthy, but, and, you know, maybe how much was Eric Bieniemy? That's true too. I mean, they they don't look stellar. Um, no, Kadarius Tony, man, poor guy. He had a decent game this past week, but still, there were times you're going, "What? What in the world?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, Travis Kelsey, um, he's probably hurting today for sure. Uh, hmm. But he felt like he had to get out there and do something, and he did. Um, but still, they without Kelsey, they are obviously blatantly not the same team i mean it is no. just just night and day oh, by the way did you hear the announcer when kelsey scored the touchdown uh no i did not so mahomes is scrambling right and 
he scrambles out on the play, and Kelsey works his way open. He throws a pass, and the announcer goes, and Kelsey finds a blank space in the end zone. Nice. Which is a really good Taylor Swift reference. I mean, yes, yes. I don't know who I don't remember who the, well, well, who well, the announcer this was. Interview but, I mean, this interview is over. This interview is over. That was yeah, he, that was fantastic. Yeah, he definitely doesn't fantastic. want to talk about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I, I think we've you know, there's probably been some other highlights we missed. I, I will add this one. This is a nugget that I had that, and you mentioned Justin Jefferson. How many yards he has? Justin Jefferson already has more yards than any Bears receiver ever. Nice <laughs> in his career. He's in what the the second game of his third year. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, that's, a, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Bear down, baby. Bear down. Yeah. So a couple, couple, other, couple other things. You know, um, number one, uh, and we talk about this offline, but the Patriots field goal block was such a fantastic play. And, and I was saying to you, most people are not and, – and I'll put myself in this category, honestly, because – Special teams, it's pretty hard to spot, you know, real innovation in special teams. I mean, I remember when about ah, five, six years ago when punters started punting the nose of the ball, right, when they, when they started dropping the ball straight down and they're kicking it right off the tip and they're starting to, you know, do these – like the, the Steelers punter had that really – that perfect punt where he hit it like a pitching wedge, stops at the two-yard line, bounces straight to the right and out of bounds at the one. I mean, you couldn't do it any better. So the, you, you right. see that. But I mean, but if, if for those of you who didn't see it, Patriots blocked a field goal. They had a guy who was out uh, far on the left hash, was out of the picture at the start of the play. He comes, starts slowly moving down the line, and then is sprinting down the line. And as soon as the ball snapped, he's right off tackle, runs right past him, and he blocked that kick. I mean, that kick had no chance. He, he blocked None. that kick so easily. And I, I have never seen that done. And I mean, I think, and, then, and there's been a lot of talk in the, you know, in the talking heads world of sports also going, what an incredible play. And it's curious to see what, how that works. Because I was thinking to myself, okay, obviously that works once, but now what do you do next time? You bring him in and does the guy on the outside simply step out and take him? Well, if he does, now you double stack his inside shoulder, Right. And you bring two, so that if he steps out to take him, now you got two guys running free. I, I mean, it, brilliant. It was it was brilliant. I remember watching it live, and just I vividly remember seeing him coming down. Uh, you know the the defensive line just yeah. side sprinting and and going. Oh man, he's not going to get blocked. Like, yeah. There was nobody there to do it, and he just kind of nope. took off and. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was. I may have been the first time that I could vividly remember going. They're going to block this field goal. Yeah. Just, just by yeah, you, you the, saw the it coming. Itself. Yes. The line didn't see it coming, but from watching at home, it was a heck of a play. It was brilliant. And you mentioned that was backed up by the Steelers. Fantastic uh, special teams play. Yeah, I would. I would say the exact opposite of fantastic. You know, <laughs> trying to tiptoe a kickoff on the sideline where you know it's going out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you got you to gotta fair catch that. Even though he said he did, there, there was yeah, no yeah. way he did. That was my you favorite. You let that part, ball yeah. go out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, that's a flag. So, 
But well, they get the ball to forty. Yeah. yeah, not a smart play. No, that was part. that was poor. So, uh, and well, okay, and, and one more piece of rules here. It came up again in the, and it frankly had a huge impact on the game. The Vikings Eagles game. Justin Jefferson fumbles the ball at the one yard line, goes into the end zone, out of the end zone, touchback. The Eagles get the ball at the twenty. What do you think of this rule? I don't necessarily like it. Um, yeah, he lost the ball. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, ball goes out of – it didn't go out of the back of the end zone, but it crossed the plane, crossed mm-hmm. the pylon, and then shot out of bounds. Right. Um, and, you know, touchback, like you said. Um, in any other part of the field, you fumble it, it goes out of bounds, it's still your ball. Mm-hmm. And you can play from that spot. Yeah. Um, Except for that line. Yep. That line creates a turnover, um, which just changes the dynamic of the game greatly. Well, and in that case, I mean, at that point, the score was, what it was, uh, 16 to 7, I think, or, or 13 to 6, something, right? So, but the Eagles got the ball, went down and got a touchdown, and... I mean, it completely changed the complexion of the game. Because even if the Vikings don't get the full touchdown, they're probably almost certainly going to get a field goal at least. And it, it was a, up to a 12-point swing. And here's my problem with it, right, is the defense didn't earn the ball. They didn't earn the ball. I mean, it, it's one thing if you recover it. If you force a fumble on the field, and that, frankly, in this case, the defender didn't even force the fumble. I mean, Jefferson just lost lost control of it. If he's at the five-yard line and that rolls out at the three, they get the ball at the three. Inside two minutes, they've even made a rule for that because of the old Dave Casper play way back in the day when the Raiders, and he fumbled forward into the end zone. And they even say now, if you fumble forward inside two minutes, what happens? You go back to the spot of the fumble. You don't give the ball to the other team. You don't do, you don't do, I just, it's the most punitive rule in all of sports. And, and I, I mean, it's a game-changing rule, and and I, I people, and I, I, the people that are, oh, just don't fumble. Okay, yeah, well, sure, fine, just don't fumble. But fumbles happen all the time, and they're nowhere as punitive unless you fumble in your own end zone, right? In which case, of course, yeah, you know, you're in your own end zone, and the other team is going to get the ball, and it is a touchback. If you get tackled in your own end zone, that's a touchback. Any other play that ends in your own end zone is a touchback. Any other play that ends in the opponent's end zone is not. You, th- you make a pass. You throw a forward pass incomplete out of the end zone. It's not a touchback. And why? Because the defense didn't earn the ball. Defense didn't earn the ball. And that's, that's what gets me. It's like you have an easy solution to this. Number one, just put it at the spot of the fumble. Just put it at the spot of the fumble. Give them the ball back at the spot of the fumble just like you would inside two minutes. Right? But uh, I hate that rule. I hate it. And, and I... I I just don't understand why they've kept it in, but um, I don't know. We'll see if they ever change it. I, it, it just it doesn't make it, it. There's nothing else, nothing else even kind of like it. He didn't even commit a penalty. It's not even a penalty, right? And you can be you can be backed up in your own one yard line, and you commit a penalty, a five yard penalty. What do they do? They back it up half the distance. The only difference in holding in the end zones, the only one that actually leads to a safety or intentional grounding in the end zone, right? You can't. Penalty yourself into points. You can't penalty yourself out of possession of the ball. 
I, I, I just don't get it. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was a, a a pretty poor call. I mean, I, they, they called it by what the rules are. So yeah. I understand that part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Right. But like you stated, I mean, the defense didn't earn anything there. Mm-mm. They didn't recover. They didn't even knock it out of his hand to get it Mm-mm. to through the end zone. Um, nope. It, it, it just, uh, I mean, he was on the one-yard line. It, it popped out, went out of bounds, but it just happened yep. across the pylon beforehand. Yeah, I hate that rule. That one, that one gets me. But yeah, I think I could tell. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> not one of your favorite ones. <laughs> no, no, no. I have some others, but that one, that one's by far the worst. All right. Well, that'll be our NFL roundup for Week One and Week Two of the NFL season. An overarching theme to this week. We just call it shaken and stirred, you know, because. You know, if you're going to have a good cocktail, you're going to either shake it, you're going to stir it, right? Most likely. Dustin, you're a cocktail guy, yeah? Oh, yeah, I love them. Yeah, I what's your... What's maybe, your... maybe one. I'll go with the Surely. sidecar. Oh, you pull out the sidecar. You only know that because someone on this show might occasionally drink one. Absolutely. But you you have in the past made me a few sidecars. So. Sure, sure. Uh, no, you I, can surely name more cocktails than that, right? I mean, I probably could, but I'm not going to try to spend the next 20 minutes fishing out two or three cocktails that <laughs> I, I really don't know much that when it when it comes to to you know drinks, martinis, or there's one anything like that. Yep, yep. Um, Margaritas, just, surely you you should have had that one. That yeah. there's definitely uh, you know some margaritas here, Chilton's. <laughs> um, those oh, yeah. are huge down here in Lubbock. Um, yeah, probably Blueberry literally Chilton. huge. Did yeah. we go to Chilton's? Blueberry Chilton's, very, oh. very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, so. I will say I, I'm, not, I'm not a big, sweet cocktail guy. I mean, sometimes I'll go in for one. But I, I do have to say margaritas are probably unquestionably the one cocktail that you can make sweet in almost any variety. And it still goes down good on a hot summer day. A marg is nice. Yeah, they have a they have a bar here um, that uh, it's called Chimmy's, mm-hmm. and it's definitely college bar. It's right yeah. off of campus on Broadway. Um, they have a, a their margaritas, their their Cadillac margarita. You have two of those. Mm-hmm. You you definitely better be calling somebody uh, because <laughs> they you're not they, taking your Cadillac home. <laughs> no, you are not. Um, it's it hits hard. It tastes good. It's very good, but it, it hits harder than most for sure. Well, that definitely seems to be one of the uh, hallmarks of the margarita. I think uh, is just the size, at least in America. I, and I, I don't can't say that I've ordered a margarita over here in the UK yet, so I, I can't really comment on that. But margaritas in the U.S. I mean, it's pretty rare to actually see a small margarita, and they just come out in like punch bowls, and they're like, oh no, this is just one. It's like crazy sizes in margaritas oh we i have a buddy that well it's angela's uh co-worker we went out okay. one night it was a bunch of us and he is now angela calls him my fishbowl buddy because we <laughs> shared a drink that was put into a fishbowl fishbowl yeah 
and we we finished it off and uh so like you said you get these sizes here it's like a super yeah. sized yeah just drink it's like a big girl ice in there and <laughs> say here you go have fun with it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no it's uh yeah I, and uh i've got a margarita story but i'll share it another time because i, I do want to i do want to actually offer some well let me let me ask you this you know Arguably the most famous cocktail scene in the history of movies, right? James Bond, right? Mm -hmm. Martini, shaken, not stirred, right? And if you've ever actually seen, do you, do you know which, uh, which Bond movie this actually comes from, where he first did it? I do not. So Karen and I decided, you know, oh, let's go back and watch all the Bond movies. That'll be fun, right? So we'll start in order. So we started, and let me just advise you, it's rough. Some of the early Bond movies are frankly pretty bad, but... Anyway, Casino Royale is, the, is, the, is where this comes from. He's sitting at the casino in Monte Carlo, and he says, I'll have a, I'll have a martini, three parts Gordon's, one part, I, don't, I can't remember what he named a, a vodka, I can't remember what, what part vodka, and then one part Lillet Blanc, although he may have actually used a different uh, liquor, but I think it was Lillet. And then he says, shaken, not stirred. That's the Vesper Martini. And a Vesper Martini is a, is a great, in fact, that's, Vesper martinis are uh, I, actually, I have one of my fondest drinking memories involves a Vesper martini. Karen and I, we were in Whistler, and I'm actually wearing this shirt. I'm wearing my Whistler shirt. Uh, that we, we were For our 20th wedding anniversary, we went to Whistler, Van, Whistler, Canada, which I highly recommend to anybody. We were in this little restaurant, and they had uh, oysters. Uh, they had, you know, oysters, and I was, and I had never had oysters at that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have some here. I have a feeling they're going to be pretty good. So I got, I don't know if I got a dozen or if I got six, but I got oysters, and they had a Vesper martini. And I'm like, I will try that. And the oysters and the Vesper martini, I'm telling you, Dustin, if I'm ever on death row, and I don't start many don't sentences that way. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> well, a, you never know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there are things you don't know about me, Dustin. But anyway. Uh, if I'm ever on death row and I get a last meal, I am leading with a dozen, well, who knows, maybe three dozen oysters, but probably just a dozen because there's other stuff I want to eat. A dozen oysters and a Vesper martini because it's just brilliant. But, but let me ask you, do you think James Bond ordered that cocktail correctly or no? Should you shake the martini or should you stir the martini? I'm going to go based off of you asking that question. You stir <laughs> a martini. You stir a martini. Absolutely. Yeah. Boom. You stir a martini. Actually, and, you know, the world of cocktails is pretty crazy, to be honest. I mean, people, and there was a, Karen and I watched a show. I can't remember what it was called. It was like a bar champ or something. But it was basically like a, a, a like one of these cooking competitions, you know, an elimination game. But it was all cocktails. So they had like 12 people came out and they were all making, and they were making just bizarro, wild, crazy stuff, right? So the world of cocktails gets pretty extreme and there's a lot of different opinions. But generally speaking, most bartenders and mixologists would tell you that if your drink contains only alcohol, then you stir it. If it has citrus, like many cocktails do, or it has simple syrup or other sweeteners or other flavors, then you get your cocktail face on, your shaker face, and you shake it. 
I'll bring that sound. I got the sound, right? I'll, I'll bring that in there. But, um, but so, and, and that's, a, that's a general rule, and for two reasons. Number one, when you shake a cocktail, you water it down more, right? Because you agitate the ice more, it's going to make the ice melt faster, it will get colder, and it will, you'll, you'll have a, a more of a watery cocktail. And if you're drinking a cocktail like a martini, which has just gin or vodka, if you want, and then sweet, or pardon me, dry vermouth, although the original martini did have sweet vermouth, but I won't go there. But just vermouth, so you've got only alcohol in there. So generally speaking, you do not want to. And then some people get really crazy. Oh, you'll bruise, you'll bruise the gin or bruise the... I was in a bar in New York one time, not, not that night in New York, a different night in New York. I was in Brooklyn. <laughs> I was in Brooklyn. I was by myself. I'm sitting down eating and uh, at a restaurant, and this, this guy, who's a classic New York lawyer, and I know that because he eventually invited me over to his table, and I ended up sitting with him for about an hour and a half. But he was sitting there, and he's always talking, and he's like, I want to give me a martini. I want a vodka martini. And they bring it over, and he's like, oh, no, no, this is bruised. You bruised the, you bruised the vodka by shaking it. And I was like, what the heck? And, uh, I, and I still don't know what bruising the vodka means. Although I will say, if you get Navy Strength Gin, because what do you need in gin if not just something that's even stronger than gin? Navy Strength Gin, if you actually shake that in a cocktail, it gets cloudy, which, gets, which is odd. But anyway, all that to say, you don't shake an all-liquor cocktail. You shake a margarita, right, because you got citrus. You shake a New York Sour because you want that citrus to blend in you want it to get it fully mixed in, fully absorbed, and it will get colder, get a little water, waterier as you go. So the debate, shaken or stirred, really comes down to what your cocktail is. If you're making a Manhattan, Manhattan just has rye whiskey, sweet vermouth, a couple dashes of bitters. What are you doing, Dustin? Are you shaking or are you stirring? Um, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you're drinking it. <laughs> you're drinking it. No, 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 no. Yes, you're drinking it, but you're also going to stir it. You're going to stir that cocktail. Just so, straight alcohol. Just, just straight alcohol. That's what you know, because, I mean, why mess around with lemon with juice? adding the extra stuff. I mean, it's only one. So, <laughs> I was so going going say, there's only one reason you're drinking it, but that's not entirely true. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so going back to that margarita at the, the local bar here that I was telling you about, the rumor actually is that they put a little tequila in that margarita, yeah, the rest of it is Everclear. Oh no! So, Nobody's serving Everclear in a restaurant. So no, I know, but they, <laughs> they because of because of how hard their margaritas hit, they got to throw that out there to mm. to to say, oh, they they add this in there to make it stronger for you. But no, it is it is a good margarita. Um, there are I like a, a Moscow Mule. Um, okay, those are those are good too. Nice drink. Um, yeah, do you, do you we, have uh, a? Do you, do you like the straight mule, or do you have like? Because there's a lot of that's another one get, that gets a lot of flavors, and it's been pretty popular the last ten years or so. We had the mule. I phase. just get the yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't add any flavors to it. I would just say you know whatever the original is. Just um, that's that's what I've liked. You know, get it in a, a copper tin yep. cup. Yep. Um, put it in there. But we uh, we went to my buddy's uh, bachelor uh, trip a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. we went to this bar. And they decided to go in on a, um, I guess you would call it a Texas-sized Moscow mule. 
so okay. a Texas mule, have you, I guess. <laughs> they had a 96-ounce or 128-ounce, I can't remember which one, copper mug that they filled Whoa. in with the Moscow mule. And then they had – there were seven of us, so there were six straws um, <laughs> that they – they just instead of everybody drinking out of the same thing, um, yeah. they each got their own little copper cup and just like you know ladled it into their cup or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but they they drank two of those, and Whoa. it was yeah, it was um, six guys, ninety six ounces. That's sixteen ounces a piece. It was two of them. Thirty two ounces of Moscow Mule. They enjoyed it. I mean, we were there yeah. quite a while, but it, it was interesting to see because you talk about the, the Texas size or the American sized or whatever you want to call it. Uh, just seeing them bring out that copper, <laughs> that that cup, and it's it's literally, again, fishbowl size. It's yeah. huge. That's a lot of mule. It, it was a lot of mule. That's a lot sure. of mule. Wow. That's impressive. I wish I had seen it because that's a uh, – that's – Yeah. It's a lot of vodka. It's <laughs> a lot of vodka. <laughs> well, anyway, so, all right. Well, there you go. Shaken or stirred. That's now you know the answer. All you D four listeners, you know, will you know continue to occasionally share some cocktails on here. If you have any any questions, and I've, I've put this out there before, but we actually have an email address. You can email us questions. If you don't follow us on social media, we're on Instagram. We're on X, formerly Twitter. We're on Facebook. D4 Sports and all those things, you should be able to find them. But if you want to actually write in a question or a complaint, I guess, I'll let Dustin field the complaints. Uh, D4, Don, and Dustin at gmail.com. You can send us an email with a question or request, cocktail recipe, and we will definitely talk about that on an episode. All right, a little bit of college football, and this was just kind of mostly just for fun. Mizzou, my son's alma mater, wins against Kansas State on a last-second 61-yard field goal. Longest field goal in the history of the SEC. Well, And that's a big game, too, because yep. K-State is has been one of the top teams in the Big 12 recently. And so yep. they... I mean, a lot of people thought that K-State could potentially come out on top this year. I mean, yep. I know Texas is playing crazy right now, and they're doing really yep. well. Um, but K-State uh, was su supposed to be and could still be one of yep. the top teams in the Big 12. But for Mizzou to come out and do that, that was impressive. Yeah, Mizzou's looking pretty good this year. They, they, they got a pretty solid – and they better. They're in the SEC, so, you know, they're going to – they got to – although the SEC is maybe not quite as good this year as it's been in years past, but – but uh, yeah, but sixty-one yard field—that's a heck of a kick uh, for a college really kids. Uh, Cal, Cal wins over the Vandals of Idaho. I got to say, one of my favorite team nicknames, uh, the Vandals. That's a good name. Uh, so, you got solid a lot, win for watch Cal. Watch out for Idaho. Well, yeah, and hey, Tech, Tech answered the bell, huh? Yeah, they won their game against an FCS team, um, Tarleton State. And Tarleton State's supposed to be pretty good for the FCS. I'm not going to sit here and say, sure, oh, sure. Tech played, you know, a great team. But it just shows the 
difference, the level yeah. um, of, of FBS versus FCS, and, and Tech just kind of really took it to him. So not, well, not much well, I'll of a give chance you, for Tarleton State. Yeah, Tarleton. I was, I was saying Tarleton sounds like a cigarette brand. Ah, right. Pass me the Tarletons. Yeah. But uh, my nope. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I was. You know, you were talking about differences in divisions, and I was going to come back to Portland State, right? Because we talked about Portland State. Uh, Oregon beat Portland State eighty-one to seven. Well, Portland State said, "I'll do you one better. We're going to play an NAIA team. We're going to play North American University," and they did, and they beat them ninety-one to nothing. That's. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, we actually, when I was playing in college, we did play North American University in basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, and? And we were up by so much that we started running a 2-3 zone, and our coach told us we couldn't step outside the three-point line to play defense. <laughs> wow. So they're not the powerhouse uh, maybe. sports program. Yeah, maybe. That, uh, that some, some may think, I guess. No, so yeah. get this. The, the school that my kids go to, the, the high school team won this, this week. I think it was 96-0 to zero Ooh, in okay. a high school game. At the end of the first quarter, it mm-hmm. was 61-0. to zero. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know how that's, you hang 60 in a quarter. That's got to be that's kick returns. Good. That's got to be defensive touchdown. That's, it's just hard to get that many that's, possessions. That's bad. Yeah. Well, in this game, Portland State, they had a block kick for a touchdown. They had an interception for a touchdown. They had a punt return for a touchdown. So they had like four non-offensive touchdowns. But, yeah, North American University didn't get – I don't know. I, I didn't see the actual number of first downs, but there were not many. Yeah, so. you would think not for sure to get 91 points. I think That's my awesome. favorite story, though, of the college football uh, this weekend, it, it, I am going to go back to, to Texas Tech. Um so there's a story there. Tyler Shuck is their quarterback for Texas mm-hmm. Tech. Okay. And he got engaged this summer. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon for, for college athletes to get married yeah, yeah. And, and anything. However, he played it real smooth. Okay. He went to a local jeweler, got an NIL deal with the jeweler, and they in turn... <laughs> Gave him an engagement ring to propose with, and that's what he used to propose to his fiance. That, you want to talk about playing the system? That man, I'm all in on Tyler Shuck. That's right. That when, I mean, that's one of those you just walk in and be like, "Hey, let's work this out. All right, let's yes, let's absolutely. see what we can do here." And uh, that's brilliant. Oh, absolutely. That's brilliant. That is. <laughs> That's brilliant. That NFL teams take note. He's an intelligent individual. That's right. <laughs> I was just going to say, you said, ta- you know, ta- Taylor? Tyler. Taylor Shuck? Tyler Shuck. Tyler, Tyler. Shuck. And I was thinking yeah. oysters, right? Because, you know, and I, I hadn't heard this story. But whether the man can shuck an oyster or not, that working the NIL deal, in, that's, that's brilliant. Oh yeah, you want to talk That's about getting it in his favor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So that's that's him. a that's a good segue into our last call. I don't know if that was your last call, but I, I got a I got a couple of couple of bits here. One I saw today, the ultimate D four story in Japan: professional wrestlers having a wrestling match in the aisle of a high speed train. 
<laughs> in Japan. They're literally <laughs> up and down the car <laughs> doing doing the whole professional wrestlers gig on the train. I I'm assuming the passengers knew that was coming because I can imagine if you didn't, that might not be the nicest train ride, but probably that's not. pretty that's pretty D four. Yeah. It's pretty solid D four. You got anything? Um, if we're going to go the D4 route, I'm going mm-hmm. to uh, take us to Buffalo. Okay. The, the, the Bills Mafia. Mm. So there was an individual that somehow uh, ended up in a, uh, a manhole <laughs> in the construction site of the new stadium covered in excrement mm. because they have the porta potties and everything but in the manhole that's where everything was uh which is right next to i mean this is the buffalo bills home opener and this guy goes so crazy pre-gaming oh nice yeah he pre-gamed on lsd cocaine oh. and oh. uh something else plus alcohol Ended up in a manhole in the construction site right as kickoff went. And I'm like, that is Buffalo Bills fan yeah, almost to it. The, the, the thing that would have made it better is if he was covered in ketchup and mustard. <laughs> and jumping, <laughs> exactly. off, yeah. jumping off onto some tables. <laughs> yeah. He probably had so already that, done that, but. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of surpassed that, jumped that, and went somewhere else. But, um yeah. Yeah, they're they're crazy up there in Buffalo. Yeah, that might be that transcends D four though. He's D seven. He was in his own dimension. Yeah, yeah, he was doing stuff that that obviously you shouldn't be doing. But to to end up where he did what to me was the funny part. Like just the that's quality. Just, just manhole and construction site of the new Bill Stadium. He was he was trying to get to the game early. You know, once that <laughs> stadium's built. Right. <laughs> All right, I got I got two others. One's a quick one. Uh, I, I already mentioned uh, the Singapore Grand Prix and Verstappen's loss, but uh, there were lizards on the racetrack during qualifying, which apparently this is not the first time in Singapore that they've had lizards on the racetrack. And uh, I just, you know, it sounds like Singapore needs to monitor its lizard population. Yeah, lizards That's on a- the racetrack. That's a new one. That's a lizard joke, by the way, because it's actually called a monitor lizard. Ah. Yeah, that was I clever. See that one over my head. That was yeah, clever yeah, yeah. on your part. Yeah, but let lizards on the racetrack, number one. And, and sticking with the wild animal theme, did you hear Joe Exotic writing to Joe Burrow? One Tiger King to another Tiger King to try to get Joe Burrow... And I can't remember what it was. I, I was I, he's trying to, he obviously wants money for like his legal defense for the Tiger King. So Joe, Joe Exotic and Joe Burrow, the twin Tiger Kings of Cincinnati. What do you think? You think he's got a shot there? Probably not, but maybe they could start a show in <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. Well, if Burrow keeps playing this way, he might be in Vegas. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, and I don't. That wasn't a very. That was a Siegfried and Roy joke right there. But uh, that ended badly. So I don't think I want to make jokes about Siegfried and Roy. No, that <laughs> ended up real bad. <laughs> that really did. Yeah, that's All not, right, you got anything else? Or are we gonna call it a week? Yeah, we could probably call it a week. All right.
Another week living the D4 life. Good to have you back. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> we'll see if we can work you in again. Hey, I'm doing a DraftKings this week. Uh, is Calvin Johnson any good? <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, he did make an appearance at, uh, at uh, the Megatron showed up for Barry Sanders' big old statue being revealed outside of uh, Lions Field. But uh, I'm just glad yeah, you I, told that story about Sam because that is my all-time favorite sports, <laughs> sports story about Sam. That's a classic. That's a classic. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. You know how this podcast game goes. We keep asking. Give us a like. Give us a review. Give us a share. Tell your friends. We'd love to get some more people on the D4 bandwagon. And we might even have swag. So, you know, I'm just going to dangle that one out there. You could be one of the first to get some D4 swag if you want it. Let us know. Hit us up on social. Share us. Do what you got, Dustin. Any any parting words for our fans? Appreciate you guys listening. See you next week. Absolutely. D4 out. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin. And by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.